Okay, folks, uh, thanks for listening today. This is Will with ScheduleFly, and I'm excited as heck to have Scott Euclid on the phone with me. He's out in San Francisco uh, and um, is an owner at Hog and Rocks, which has um, been around doing great stuff in San Francisco since 2010. And he's working on opening Loma Brewing uh, as well. So, um, Scott, thanks for taking the time to do this today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, um, you've been uh, walk me back a little bit. I, I want to talk about the stuff that you're working on now, but but tell me a little bit about your um, your background. I know you, uh, if I'm correct, you went to culinary school. Uh, you've been in the business for a long time. So, how did, what kind of prompted you to get involved in the restaurant business? Um, well, I was uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, and um, <clears throat> went to school um, in Indiana. Um, got a bachelor's degree there, but, uh, on the meanwhile, working in high school and in college, I was, uh, I just worked in restaurants. My uncle owns a couple of restaurants or had been in the restaurant business for a bunch of years in Manhattan. Um, so I got to see what he was doing and just somehow I got drawn to it. I, um, I had worked at, uh, one of the most popular, biggest family owned restaurants in Cincinnati, Montgomery Inn. Got to, you know, it was just a, it was just a cool experience and just somehow was, something about got drawn in and still to this day I don't know exactly how that happened but just did um so went to school Indiana um and figured my if I want to own a restaurant um I should probably learn the whole business and as I'd been cooking at home and for friends and but uh working more front of the house uh early on I decided that um maybe culinary school would be a good good option for me to to round out my my knowledge and experience, so I went to Johnson and Wales in Providence, and it was it was a pretty easy decision uh, between uh, CIA and Johnson and Wales were the two leaders at the time, back in the late 90s, and then <clears throat> um, Johnson and Wales seemed more appealing to me because it was more business focused, okay. and they had their university and their business school, and so I was going to get, and that's what I was really uh, the the culinary arts part was important and. You know the creative and the skills and all that were were good, but they they somehow linked they they looped in the business aspect really nicely. So I uh, did that. Um, worked my weekends um, in New York when I could um, at my uncle's restaurant. I worked at Odeon on Tribeca, who was running the place then. Um, and and then I finished school in a year and a half. It went quick and decided. Well, I had I could either stay in New York on the East Coast or move to San Francisco where I had a bunch of friends and the other epicenter. Um and so I decided maybe San Francisco would be a better move. Um closer to the wine country, closer to where all the food comes from. And there was uh just a real uh, <clears throat> amazing experiences um, you know, and in terms of uh learning and, and uh that, that were in store for me in San Francisco. So I ended up making that move in 2000 and um, line cook job for a year, ended up moving to Tahoe, worked up there for a year, came back. Um, and I met, uh, a, I made a, made a good friend who ended up becoming my future business partner. We opened Maverick um, in 2005, which is my first restaurant, about uh, 35, 40 seat restaurant. Uh, I was a chef. My partner was the general manager and, uh, Sam. And then it was seven days a week, 15 hour days for five years or something, <laughs> something, something along those lines. Um, and, uh, we, the restaurant was a huge learning experience, um, in life and restaurants and business. And we ended up, um, uh, we we came we we came out of the gates pretty strong. Ended up uh, 2006, we were named best new restaurant by San Francisco Magazine Readers Poll. Same year, we were also named best brunch, uh, and that ran for about five six more years after that. Best brunch in San Francisco. So, had some um, some good awards, and uh, it was it felt good. We were doing a great job, and we and we we did all the way to the end until um, about uh, two, 2013, where we had our kitchen fire. And that pretty much ended that. Um, so, you know, it was a good eight-year run. Uh, in 2010, we opened Hog and Rocks. Um, I ended up <clears throat> finding a different partner. Um, guys approached me and thought we'd we'd do a good job uh, working together. So we opened Hog and Rocks in 2010. And um, 
Yeah, that's, that's six years uh, this week, July 1st, will be our six-year anniversary. Well, so, congrats, man. So, yeah. Uh, the, um, and I've, I've read uh, um, just a lot of great things about um, Hogging Rocks and some old articles, you know, I found about Maverick. I mean, you've, you've, you've done really well. I'm, I'm curious, Scott. What? Um, okay, so you you go to culinary school, um, pick the one that has a little bit more uh, of the business management side. Um, wh- if you were to weigh, you know, kind of what you've learned, uh, and then you went and, you know, not that long after, after getting out of San Francisco, you're, you're starting your own place. Did you learn more from, from the doing or from the classroom or, or, you know, how would you weight culinary school versus just, you know, having to roll up your sleeves and, and learn from trial and error? Well, I, I think you know, the business is all about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, without, you know, whether, I think it's really about rolling up your sleeves. I mean, I think that's really where the, the real learning is. It's, it's, um, culinary part of it especially i mean you're you're cooking every day that's where you're going to learn that's where you're making mistakes you're making you're having successes you're putting plates together and getting instant feedback from guests that's that's when you know things are working or not um and whether you're an owner or you're just a line cook and you're and your chef is telling you you're doing a great job or you're doing a terrible job i mean it's, you know, it's it's that's where I think the learning is, and and I, culin, culinary school was great. I mean, I, I got, and I know it's changed a lot over the years, um, but you know, there there was a good amount of discipline that was instilled in us, um, and you have to be disciplined uh, to be a good cook and to be eventually be a good chef. You run a kitchen. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of rules you have to set for yourself and expectations that are made for you and for and that you put on made for you and for yourself and, the, and the, it was those like kind of roots that i think the the school kind of gave you and impressed upon you but you're really not going to know and understand that until you're in the kitchen every night or on the floor or behind the bar every night doing it and having that repetition and um and pr- you know practice and it's just it just and it's a constant evolving thing so Man, it's still even twenty. I'm over twenty years in the business now, and it's still, still something new every day. Do you? Um, I'm curious. I mean, in the last since you've been to culinary school, I'm, I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on this. You know, culinary school has exploded in popularity, and there's there's a. I mean, the two main schools have more campuses, and I'm I'm here in Charlotte, so I've seen you know. Um, Johnson and Wales uh, just build this amazing campus here. There's tons of folks going there. It's a, it's become a very expensive investment. Um, is it is it still? I mean, if you were looking at somebody today that's saying, "Hey, you know, I'm kind of where you were 20 years ago, Scott. What do you what do you think? Do I do I take this culinary school route still? Is it worth my investment, or um, do you have any thoughts on that? I was just curious. Um, no, that's a good question. I think um, I, I think the, what I've what I suggested to people who are trying to think about it was the first question is, have you worked in a restaurant before? Because yeah. I, I came across people that had never worked in a restaurant before. And um, and I said, well, maybe you should probably work in a restaurant or work for a catering company or work, do it first and see see what it feels like. And if and if you go in, and any restaurant these days will take you in almost for, you know, if, if you just are anxious, they'll take you in for just for a night for a stash, you're, you're good. Now, and if you can do that, if you have done that, and you say, okay, yeah, this is for me. I, I'm into it. Um, then I would consider the, you know, what's the financial burden that's going to be placed on me, and then and and ask good questions um, around. You know, call people and find out. Hey, what are, what are people are paying in that town that you live in? Because in San, place like San Francisco, I mean, if you take on that kind of debt and you're trying to, the cost of living is so incredibly high, and the wages aren't that much better than if you're living in Denver or St. Louis or Charlotte, you know, how, how do you pay that debt back? Hmm. You know, uh, the culinary schools are, have, I, I'm not sure where they stand now in terms of placement, job placement. Um, but it was always that a little, and maybe it is still today that little false sense of uh, uh, becoming a sous chef or having this, high paying salary right out of school. And, and I don't, that's just not the case. And I don't know if they pulled back from that, but you, you got to work for that. Uh, and you were, so you were your first job. You said was a line cook, right? Out there. Yeah. Yeah. I was foolish to think I could actually be a sous chef. And then I figured out, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> well, they, or no one would hire me. 
and I was fine with that. It's it 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 cool, you know. I, I'm fine. I, I get. I worked in a. My goal was actually just to work in a small family. You know, guy guy ran the restaurant. He was a chef owner, and that's that's who I wanted to be. So I didn't want to work for a big corporation or a huge hotel chain. I wanted to I wanted to work for a for a person who I could see myself being in five or ten years. And even if I got paid a little bit less, I, I knew that I wanted to be part of that that small team and you know, neighborhood restaurant because uh, I knew that's what I wanted to be someday. Did, uh, did you um did that, was that something that was impressive upon you? You said you mentioned you, you mentioned the the restaurant in Cincinnati, um, a family-owned restaurant that had been there a long time. Is that where you kind of fell in love with that that idea of that that small family-owned, independently operated business? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd always been kind of attracted to small business too. My dad um, ran his has been in has run his own business for nearly twenty years, and um, and he you know, it's, it's just, there was something um, seemed very tangible and something that I could actually acquire um, at some point in time. Um, not realizing at seventeen years old that like how much actual money, <laughs> how much effort and time it took to get to that point. Mm. Um, but, um, but yes, it's, it, it was, uh, it, there was something about the seeing, seeing the owners there almost every night, you know, even if it was just for an hour, just stopping in, checking in, saying hi to people, saying hi to their staff, uh, making sure everyone was good. Um, there was something, there's, it felt very genuine. Um, something I, something I, yeah, like I said, I could, I kind of hold on to that and, and seem, seem to be real. Um, tell me about so starting Maverick. Did you, um, and that was in, you opened in 2005, I think you said. Did you? Did you yeah. um, so you you did that before the, the the economy turned south. Did you? Did you? Did you raise money for that, or how did you all? Yeah, we that We we scraped every penny we could get together, uh, about two fifty, all in. We purchased the business that was uh, thriving in that space, and they had done so well. They moved down the street and opened a bigger space, but kept that one open. Uh, it was a restaurant called Limon. Um, fan, become a very successful Peruvian restaurant um, uh, in San Francisco, and they've done they've been doing it for a bunch of years. And so we we knew we were moving to a good location um, in terms of you know there was a successful business there. Um, uh, not the <laughs> cleanest, nicest part of town. Uh, the mission, that end of the mission, um, was still unchartered, and so we had some complications early on with just all kinds of <laughs> the friendlies, the locals were, uh, um, it's kind of hard to, uh, explain, I guess, but, um, mission street, it can be pretty rough. And so we, we ended up, uh, so we got in for a good deal, but yeah, we put together, we had a, a loan through the business, um, loan through the mayor's office through a business loan. We had some private loans from friends, uh, family. We had investors come in, we threw in some of our own money and, uh, we, we, did a lot of the work ourselves and opened up and remodeled in about three months less, a little bit less than that. And yeah, like, so we were off to the races. We, we, we were, we were busy from day one. So, and um, compared to now where, you know, restaurants are, we only had a beer and wine license. So it was that entry. It was, it was much cheaper. Now Hagen rocks, we had to buy liquor licenses and now they're, we bought a liquor license for $70,000 in, in 2009. And now they're up to $250,000. Just for a liquor, liquor license? license? For a liquor license in San Francisco. So, you know, you're thinking, wow, I paid 250000 to open a 40-seat restaurant all in, mm. and now it costs the same amount of money just to get the license. Is is that uh, – and that's a – that's a lifetime license, though? Or is that, that's yeah, a, it's 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 an asset. It's your greatest asset you got. And that's just – yeah, it's – um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the real, it's a real big cost. And so, not, you know, to do, to, to find a place in a, in a, in a, a neighborhood like the Mission District, um, you know, 10 years later, 11 years later, it's just not, doesn't exist. That seems not, like a really, possible. um, that's a tough nut to crack for so many people. It would seem like that just eliminates, the opportunity of even thinking about a restaurant for in in San Francisco. I mean, specifically when a liquor license is that expensive, wouldn't it? I mean, how many yeah. people can can raise the money not only to 
start a restaurant, but then go spend a quarter of a million dollars on a, on a license. <laughs> I know, I know, it's it's a lot. It's, but it's the competitive market, it's a, it, I guess the market, you know, they it it, it dictates that. Uh, you've got probably the most competitive market, you know, one of the most, if not the most competitive markets for restaurants, maybe anywhere. I mean, certainly in the U.S., probably in, in much of the world, I would think. Yeah, I mean, we have super competitive. I mean, there is a lot of money out here. I mean, we, there's there's no shortage of that. Um, and it's uh, restaurants can continue to open every day. I mean, it's not doesn't seem to slow down but you know you read news uh eater or San chronicle you know the the food and wine sections i mean big name big name guys are closing and opening and closing and opening i mean it's not it's not the, the doors continue to revive i i think the old there's everyone talks about how many restaurant openings there were this year or last year so yeah there was a lot of important chefs and owners opening second third or first restaurants um, that had come from, you know, some famous place and now they're opening it and they got, they got a lot of money and they did it. And, but the, you know, a lot open, but everyone forgets how many actually close. So, you know, we're seeing growth, but I I think it it continues to level itself out. Um, The scary part is, is putting in, you know, raising a million, million and a half dollars and, and seeing your restaurant close the doors and nine months later, I mean, that's, that's scary stuff. That's that's a bit. That's a lot of risk, and that's a lot of money to lose quickly. But well, let's talk about that. So, if you're raising that kind of money, I mean, what? First of all, what what's changed since when you started raising money for Maverick? You had a, you got a money from a combination of sources. Banks, I would imagine, are a little bit less likely to be involved now. Or I, I don't know. I mean, if you're raising money today, where where do you go, and how do you structure a deal that you know <clears throat> is attractive to investors? Well, we're doing that with Loma now. We had, um, you know, we had um, some big time. My bro- my brother's kind of a big name, so um, he he attracted some guys, and he's known a bunch of guys over time. And so, you know, it's kind of about who you know. Um, but we, you know, I, I think there you have to have a little balance there. You got to bring on some debt. You got to bring on some equity. Um, What's you know, a good split? You, I don't know. I think it just depends. Um, I know guys that just do all debt um, and they continue to open. And if, as long as they're that, that's a big line item. It could be a big line item in your expenses every month. But if, uh, if you can make it work, you make it work. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're, you know, those distributions, you're profitable. Those distributions are going straight into your pocket. So, but it, I, you can't do that on, on number one. No one's unless, and I can only imagine if you're putting up your whole entire house and every all your savings and every bit of collateral you have to get a million bucks from a bank, you know, uh, uh, how, how do you and in a market like San Francisco, how how do you even get to that? You know, where how do you even how are you a line cook and afford a house? Yeah, I know a lot of other markets you can be a line cook, you can be a server and own a house. Not not likely to do that in San Francisco. Um, so it, it's hard to make that jump, and you have to kind of pull everything, all your resources together, have a good couple partners and have a good network. I, I, you know, you could, it would be nearly impossible to do it on your own here. I mean, there's no way you would know enough people and have the time um, to do that. I mean, it was the the advantage of uh, having my partner, Mike, who did Maverick. We, you know, we had our own kind of pools of people and we worked together and, um, he knew his group and I have my group, you know, and just spread that network as far as you can. And hopefully you can, you know, you can get it all together. Um, you know, we have, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it was interesting. I was, it's so much different. Yeah. 10 years ago it was different than it is now. I mean, mostly just because the, 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 the number is so much bigger. Um, so. T- tell me, so Mike was your partner with Mavic. What t- talk about partnerships? What what have you learned from having business partners? You know, there's there's um I'm sure some things that have gone well and things that have been challenging. So what are some of the things you you've learned or things you would pass along to folks as they're looking to find <clears throat> partners in in business? Well, yeah, partners in business. No matter what, I don't care what industry you're in, it's probably one of the hardest parts of the of of owning a business. Um, uh, the 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 pro side the the, the the best side, I, I should say, of having a partner is that you have someone to collaborate with, and or maybe it's a couple partners where you can, you know, which could also lead to, I guess, issues as well. But sometimes it's kind of nice to bounce ideas off each other, and if and good partnerships work, where you're all bringing different things to the table, and then there's some 
you know, compromises and agreements and, and you can really, um, move forward faster. Um, if, if everything's pointed at yourself, you know, you're the only, you're it. Um, so, and the business, um, the restaurant business just work is constant every day. If you're having to make decisions every day, it becomes, um, it'd be quite tiresome. Um, and if you balance, if you, if you balance that with someone who, like I did with having, you know, I'll run the back of the house and you run the front of the house. Let's, you know, conquer, <clears throat> split up and then, you know, divide and conquer, I guess, then we'll, we'll be in, uh, we'll be in better shape. Um, but you know, the hard part is, is that when you start to butt heads or you start to, you know, count hours, you know, God forbid you to end up coming to that, but you know, that, that, those can, those are real issues that people will come up with where you're like, Hey, I'm here, you know, 15 hours a day and you're only here five hours a day and we're getting paid the same. Like what the hell is that all about? You know? Mm. So, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't really run into those issues so much. Um, I think it was, it's always, it's just, uh, you know, for, for those looking to get into it, I think the, like I said, you know, raising money. And then once you, once you get open, you know, you can, you can, you have someone, someone on your side, you can trust to, to be there. Cause you know, if you have to step out or you want, you're having a, you have a family and you want to, you know, you need to take care of, you want to go on a trip. Like, you know, that things are going to run as well as if when you're gone, you know, as if you're there, yeah. you're gone you can, and you can rely on each other. Um, uh, my partners now um, are less on the restaurant side of things. They've kind of been more, um, and they've kind of left it up to me to be, um, kind of operations guy, which is great. So I've had to lean on my managers and to, and chefs to, to be there for me and, and rely on them. Um, which is great too, because they, they're, they're all amazing and they, they've been, all been dedicated and very talented and, and they're all looking to, you know, continue on, um, you know, and, and learn, learn as, as we go. So yeah, I mean partnerships. I mean it's it's like I said, it's one. Of the, I think it's one of the hardest parts of part of the business. Do you need to have had? I mean, is it, does it is it um, important to have worked with your potential partners, and so you've kind of been with them, you know, uh, when things got tough, and you know what happens when you know uh, hard situations or stressful situations arise, and how they react or um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think how to, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe, I don't know. Ask that question again. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm just curious if, if, um, if it's worth, worthwhile advice to, to somebody to, you know, if you're going to get in a partnership with somebody, maybe it's good to have worked with them. Um, Oh yeah, you know, friends like a friend can be a you know it, that relationship. I guess the, I guess what I'm getting at is if you don't know what the person's like under stress and in, in various situations, the dynamic of your relationship, what you current relationship with you have with that person could change as you know restaurants are tough and there's highs and there's lows and how do you handle all that stuff? Maybe good to know you know how that person deals with stuff. No, I know. I get, um, no, I think that, yes, it can be, it can be advantageous for sure to work with someone in, you know, if you, if you are side by side for that person, uh, in the weeds, busy Friday night, nothing's going right. And you see how things, how people react to that. Yes. I think that that's a, usually a good indicator of what, what's going to happen now if we own that business together. Yeah. What's it going to be like? But it's only an indicator of what happens in that moment because yeah. there's other stresses and other problems are going to come in when you own the business. Yeah. The chef doesn't have to worry about things that the owner has to worry about. Right. Um, and so, and, and there's a different set of problems. So how do you address those problems? So, uh, Knowing someone beforehand, yeah, it, it's always going to change, uh, you know. But um, I, I think it it can't hurt um, to 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 have been with that person. I I and I'm sure that um, it would it, it is it does change and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in that with my my brother now uh, at Loma. Um, he's he's new to the restaurant business, so he's he's not he's not as um he, and he's he's been great because he's open, and he's 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 listening, and he's trying to absorb as much as he can, as fast as he can. Um, and I think you know he's going to go through a, a, a whole change in perspective and how how restaurants are and how they're going to be. Um, how it's, you know, the, the, like you said, the highs and the lows and how do you, how do you deal with that? Um, it'll be interesting to see how he, he, he does adapt to it. I mean, be, I'm, from myself and from my general manager and my chef and, you know, who've been in the business for a long time, this is kind of open, have been part of opening teams. It's, you know, we kind of know what to expect. Um, he doesn't. So I think, but yeah, generally speaking, I think, um, yeah, it, it's, it's probably a good idea to, to get to know that person pretty well um, and see what, see what they're like in, in the heat of things. So yeah, the, the restaurant, the idea of owning a restaurant can be pretty seductive um, if you're, you know, from the outside looking in, but the the reality is, and I know you, you love it. You've been doing it a while, but it's a, it's a tough road to hoe, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, you know, TV and movies and books and magazines make it pretty glamorous. Um, but, um, it can be, it can be a grind. There's no doubt. How how do you balance that? I mean, you've been doing it a long time. How do you, you talk about like the first five years at Maverick working, um, you know, 15 to 17 hours a day, five, six, seven days a week. How, how are you able to find, or have you been able to find a, a good sustainable balance as, as the longer you've done this um between you know work and and life outside of work um yeah i i've uh i've been able to you know i've had had some good people working for me i've 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 set i set the kind of operationally i've 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 set it up now so um to rely people knowing what the expectations are uh, from the interview. When you come in, you, you want to interview for the, the assistant manager, or the general manager, or the chef job. Like this is this is what's expected of you, and because this is this is who I am, and this is what this place is all about. Um, and and so that that's helped um, pull me away, and and mostly it's to allow me to expand the current brand expand into new you know a new market like I am a moving opening a new restaurant and practically a brand new market for me and San Jose is an hour away Los Gatos is an hour away there's a whole we're we're in the bay area but it's completely different so it allow me to do those things and and for me that I think that becomes attractive to an incoming chef or an incoming uh, manager or server or bartender or whatever. They're, they're, look, we have there's growth here. There's there's more to this. And if I'm just the guy, if I'm in in the weeds every night cooking, if I'm in the behind the stoves every day, where how where are we going to go? How are we going to move forward? Um, so, and in a place like San Francisco, it's hard to survive on one. So you have to got to think about how how you can continue to to grow. Um, and no, and and restaurants too, right? I mean, they're they're quick. They don't. I mean, forget the whole like you know the how many restaurants die in a year or, or never make it past a year. How many restaurants make it past ten years? And yeah. the re- reason I think is because they just they're they're not meant to last that long. They're they're trendy. They're 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 a moment in time. They you know you a lot of times restaurants will be open ten years and they'll just close up shop and <laughs> they might still have ten years left on their lease. Let's just do a, we're Italian now. Let's do Mexican, you know, whatever. Let's do something new. Let's let's reinvigorate it. We still rent. We still got. Let's. We want to. Our profits have slowed down. Let's try something brand new. And maybe we can do it better. So I, I think there's, you know, there, there's they have a, they have a short lifespan uh, for many reasons, but and I and I think a lot of them are good reasons. I don't think there's anything wrong with changing things up, you know, keeping it fresh and new. Uh, who wants to well, yeah, so this- tired and old, you know. That's a great. Uh, that's a, so. Not, instead of just sort of a, a slow death, just saying, "Hey, you know," kind of seeing the writing on the wall where things are probably going, and instead of just in, investing into, you know, making 
small tweaks and changes or whatever to try to keep up. You're saying it's sometimes good to just close up and start fresh and begin. Yeah, it new. could be. I mean, it takes a lot of capital to do that. Now, first of all, that's the problem. That could be an issue. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the money, you can't. How are you going to do that? Right. But if you if you if you got a, a little egg there, and just kind of nestled away, and you can you know maybe you can figure out a way to like, well, we, maybe it doesn't take that much money. We got a kitchen, we got a bar, you know, maybe a facelift and and a new name. You know, I, I think it, it usually it works. Now I don't know if that works in every market. I know uh, in big cities it, it can happen because re- there's just so much change so quickly um, and density of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've known that to work for people, and they literally just change their name and change their menu, and paint the walls different and reopen. It's worked. It doesn't work for everyone, and mostly because I think not everyone's talented enough and creative enough to do that. You know, it takes you know, and a lot of guts. I mean, that's not yeah. you know, you know, just because people want to get stuck. It's, you know, change is scary. Well, uh, I mean, so. You've been, I mean, you've had it hog and rock since 2010. So, you know, six years in, you say it's a, was it this week? Is that right? Next week? Yeah, this week. Yeah. What do you, so what's, I mean, how do you keep that? I'm sure you have a few years of, you know, it being kind of new and exciting, whatever. It's six years is, so you're starting, starting getting into the tail end of maybe a 10 year cycle of something like that. How do you, what have you done to try to keep it um, fresh and uh, keep, you know, Existing customers coming in, but then keep attracting new folks. Um, yeah, it's it's a challenge. I've had um, I've had a great uh, PR team, PR marketing team that I've worked with for years, and um, that's that's what we talk about almost all the time. Is how do we continue to keep ourselves fresh and new and in the media, um, even if it's just a little hit here and there? Um, how do you do that? And um, we. We've been successful. Uh, we were on a new guy on. Uh, it was just this month, San Francisco Magazine. We got. Um, it just came out. I don't know. The this week or something. I don't know. Maybe last week. I, I hadn't picked up the issue yet, and my partner sent it over yesterday and said we had been named best cocktail bar in San Francisco. New new bartender came and I hired a new bar manager uh, in December. He came on board and he revamped the the menu, um, added a bunch of new drinks, kept the core of our whiskey program, and what was intact and what was working and under my direction. I say, look, there's a lot, there's some things here are not broken. We're doing great things here, but I want you to put your, you know, your touches on it. And so he did, and he brought a great new energy. He has, he has amazing energy and brought new people on have that are continuing to, you know, feed off of his energy and, and bring a, a much stronger bro- bar program. And Hey, what do you know? Not, it's San Francisco magazines, you know, hot for us so great you know let's that's that's a new it could be a new thing let's let's work off of that new chef came in as well last year and my my chef had been on for three years and he left to go on to do other great things and so a new guy comes on what do you know he's you know he came in kept the core as as i directed and say hey, there's things that aren't broken things that could be changed i want you to put your own touches on it and and own it rising star chef Chronicle, like people are excited. He's doing new things, and it's hmm. something about like you know keeping keeping the blood flowing and and that you know and 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 I think the concept from the beginning was set up you know as I, as I put together, it's like it's a time, timeless. It's not people always want. We've been eating oysters for hundreds of years. Yeah, cured cured meats, ham in particular, prosciutto serrano. These things have been made and eaten for hundreds of years. They're not going out of style. Right. Um, a, a good burger, good gastro pub fare, uh, those things are like people just want that stuff all the time. And so we won't have to do much. Yeah, maybe interiors have to change. You got to spruce things up. You got to do a new paint job, new artwork eventually at some point, redo things if, if you feel like that's the case. But, you know, I, I think also those things, you know, do things that are, think about things in a timeless manner. Um, Things won't go out of fashion, um, and I think you can be successful. No, but not be boring. You know, you don't want to just do the same old thing that everyone else is doing. Um, so I think I don't know. It's good, you know. Where will we be in four years? I don't know. Ten years old? Maybe I'll just get bored and say, no one, you know, we don't want to eat oysters anymore. <laughs> well, you know, you, you raise a really good point. It's actually I was speaking to somebody yesterday on this topic. You know, that was 
doing um, pizza and pasta, and he was saying, you know, people have been eating that forever. And it is it is a good point that sometimes, you know, there's things that, uh, there's something called the Lindy effect, you know, if something's been around for 200 years, expect it to be around 200 years more. If it's been around two years, expect two more years. You know, so it, you know, if something's been around that long, um, if you can, uh, cast, you know, latch onto something like that and then do it really well, which brings to the point of, you know, the execution, the creativity around the, the menu, the bar menu, and then the the team that you have in place. So, I, it, I mean, tell me, talk to me about competition for talent there in San Francisco. And how, do you, how do you get good people and how do you keep good people? Um, it's hard. Um, it's really hard. I mean, I, I was, you know, mentioned it earlier, cost of living in San Francisco is tough. And, um, you know, our... Minimum wage is going up. It's harder to do business in here, you know, in the city than it's ever been. Um, and but it's also more attractive for the best talent in the world as well. I mean, who wouldn't want to work at a great restaurant in San Francisco? You're 28 years old, and yeah, let's go, let's go do it. Let's shoot. You know, we have so we have an we have the advantage that everyone wants to work. A lot of not everyone, a lot of really talented people want to come through San Francisco. They want to work here. They want to make good money. They want to experience it. And then, you know, maybe they take it home or they go to the next town and they, whatever they do, you know, it can be a pretty transient group of people that work in restaurants. Um, you know, so um, finding, finding them, holding on to them is hard. Um, and it's continues to be always an issue. I mean, uh, and then you move down the line between, line cooks and you know people don't i don't know what the what the graduation rate of people coming out of culinary school is these days but i mean you know i think there's less and less people doing that um than there used to be i think a lot of people just don't want they want to still continuing to like skip a step they don't want to get get down and dirty and do start from the bottom and work their way up anymore it'd be a generational issue um so it's just a it's a shift you have to be um We've I've considered having to be creative in terms of how you set up a restaurant. So if you if you don't have as many talented people around, your labor pool is lower. Maybe you gotta not have a six man cooking line. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to come up with a restaurant that has a three man. Or if you can't find bartenders that that can all measure and jiggers and and care about making a good cocktail and tasting, you know, you can only find two of them. Well, maybe you should have a smaller bar and only have two wells. Maybe the third well is just, you know, like there's just some, some, there's maybe an extra step that now has to go into it in the planning and the, con, the conceptual part of it. Um, you know, and we, that, that could be in it. That's something that you have to, that, that I've actually considered, thought, thought about. Um, uh, I've, I, I guess I've been a little bit lucky. I've also had, you know, had my few people I wish uh, <laughs> I could take back. I didn't hire, but you know, that happens and you just move forward. Um, what do you what have you learned about hiring people? Is there, is there, are there things that you're you're looking for uh important things that you you're looking for every time you you speak with somebody or interview somebody? Um yeah, I mean mostly personality, especially in front of the house. If they're just they got I mean we we have a fun place. I mean it's supposed to be, you know, people come in a lot. Um you know, a couple times a week, neighborhood place, got to be smiling, got to be cordial, care about people. You know, and you can, you can usually tell a lot of that early in the interview, um, kind of person they are. Um, that's usually the good starting point. Someone I can actually have good conversation about uh, about anything with. You know, we just just get along, passionate about the industry, um, and so this is you know the usual like real just quality people. That's usually where I start. I want to have someone. I, you know, I can probably teach them a few things if they don't know it, or maybe they've done it in a certain way at another place. We can there's a lot of things to be learned, but you can't learn like hard work and personality. Those things are, that's in you. That's your core. So you got to, you know, I get those things first and then, um, you know, experience for sure. I mean, we're having, we've had issues, you know, with servers recently where, you know, they, they're just maybe a little too green or they're just not, they're not ready to work in a restaurant that has a pretty complex menu. And there's, there's, 250 bottles of booze on that back wall and a lot of there's a lot of stuff to know and if you've never worked in a place that is demanding of you in that level then you know 
we can only coach you so much. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to want, maybe not necessarily have, you know, I'm willing to give people a chance and we do it all the time, but like you have to want it. You can't just walk in a place like ours and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work here Friday nights. I'm going to be a server now. Like, no, not, not really. Not, you're not, <laughs> you're not ready for that. Like not even close, you know? So, um, it's been, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it is, like I said, it's, it's, it's harder than it used to be, but I think that's, you know, 10 years ago, it was still hard to find people to, I mean, good people that you could really trust, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm interested in one more thing about that. Cause you mentioned, you know, people are wanting to, to, to sort of skip, skip that step, particularly maybe in the kitchen. Is that becoming more of a trend or has that always been a trend or are you seeing that? Is it, do you think it may be a generational thing or, um, I think it's a little, I think it's a combination of them all. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still hard to say. I mean, we get some guys that come in. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause I've had, we have one of our best guys right now, culinary school, killing it. Trustworthy. They're on time every day, always ready to work. Good listener. Ready to just, he's on it. You know, but then we've had other, other people, Guys and gals are just like, ah, oh, what? Like, why aren't you right there? You know, like, it's all for you. Like, this is an amazing opportunity. Do not, don't f it up. You, right. You, no one is giving you an opportunity like this. Don't f it up. And they just, for whatever reason, they're just not, not focused and not really into it. Maybe they thought it was a career change or something they thought they could do, and it's just not for them. Um, you know, so I, I mean. Yeah, I think yeah, combination of yeah, generations, some like I don't know, over entitled like they should get something like they haven't worked for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a little case by case, but so that's why I would say it's kind of combination. Do you let people go pretty quickly? I mean, are you able to to, to recognize that fairly early on? Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I'm I'm probably quick to release, um, too quick to release, lose patience. Um, We've also been too quick to hire too. Um, probably another fault, you know, where you're like kinda need someone quick and you're like, Well, let's just take a chance and yeah. It always seems <laughs> always seems to never work out. But, you know, it's, it's like restaurants require a lot of manpower, so you know, you just sometimes you just need bodies. Um but um we it's a constant thing we we've been talking about a lot more in the last year or so. It's just let's Let's stop. Take it, you know, more more training time early on, um, and more coaching in the moment um, as much as you can. But it's 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 hard sometimes. Do you spend? Uh, how important is it to really understand the? You know, I, oh, I know it's very important, but just I, I'm curious your thoughts about the financial side of the business, and and you know, there's probably a million ways that restaurants, a lot of restaurants, could. Um, not create as much waste or save money, and and uh, you, you, do you spend a lot of time on that part as well? I do. Um, yeah, we watch the numbers a lot. Uh, I'm actually I do all the bookkeeping, look at every invoice, um, use technology. Technology has increased tremendously and increased. Uh, um, or I should say it's helped us a lot. I mean, it's just really been making things easier to keep track. Um, you know, waste is the number one way to lose money, of course. Um, so, um, yeah, but we, we keep, we keep pretty tight track of it. Um, we, we don't, we have, we have a struggle sometimes and you know, we have some high cost good, uh, our, our cost of goods are you know, pretty luxurious, um, list of ingredients on our menu and still trying to pass it off at value, you know, neighborhood friendly prices, you know, it's, it's hard, but you know we're in San Francisco, so we gotta gotta make gotta make money. Yeah, not not handing it out. One more thing, and I'm gonna let you go. But I'm always curious about this because it would it would be frustrating to me. I would think um, to deal with you know I, th- I think it's great that we have all these tools at our fingertips now, 
Yelp and, and you know, online reviews and things like that. But I, I feel like there's also a frustrating element of that of, you know, um, I mean, most people that go in and have a really positive experience, enjoy it or whatever, they're just going to go on and, you know, keep coming back or whatever. But, you know, um, some somebody that might have some minor thing that puts them off or whatever is going to immediately go, you know, back and write some nasty review on Yelp. So how, how do you, how do you deal with that? Or, I mean, do you, do you deal with that or you just kind of just focus on the business and let that stuff take care of itself or? Well, um, I think it's kind of two parts yet. Yeah, well, one, yes, we do read them all. Um, and I think it's important to read them all. Um, I think some people are unnecessarily, um, mean, I, I don't think you you know I don't know why what maybe you just had a bad day okay sorry I made it worse or didn't make it better um, that we that we weren't doing our job but I think ultimately it's really hard to worry about what people think about you um, and I I can't change that I can't I can't there's only so much I can do to to do that and what we can do and when I when I tell the staff all the time is that hey you know we might not have we, that drink might have taken 20 minutes or maybe you, you know, you came off a little, you know, unfriendly to that person and they took it the wrong way. You know, maybe you, whatever the case is, you know, maybe we did do that. But if, but what we need to focus on is the things, you know, that we can do to make sure that is the food seasoned right? Is it hot? You know, are the drinks cold? <laughs> did they come out quickly? Were we friendly? Those things we have, we have complete control of, and, if, and those are the things I can actually manage. And if we manage those things well, then the end result will come out in positive Yelp reviews and positive, you know, critiques of the restaurant from from professionals or media or all that, you know, all the above. So, you know, those things I can control. I can't control how someone got fired or broke up with their girlfriend and they came in bitter and decided you know what i'm going to take it out on these guys you know and mm. i get it it's cool that's it's the world we live in now so i, I don't i don't i don't let it hurt me you know it's uh, they're just words you know it's fine we're still we're still doing all right we're still busy we're still open so well what you can right. control which goes back to something you mentioned earlier is it sounds like you you've, you've made a, a good investment into pr and that pr is something that you can you know um use in a positive way is that um, an important part of of what you're doing is it, is it more important in a market like San Francisco, or do you think it's just a, a good investment in general? Um, I think it's probably almost ne- it's a necessary thing in San Francisco to compete on a high level. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know what it would be like to to not have it. I mean, I always dream about not spending that money. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Man, look at our butt. We would save so much money, but then there's that fear, you know, of like, man, if we pulled this thing at this point six years later, like, what happens? You know, do we do we just fall? Up? You know, do we who's got, and who's going to manage it? You know, there's still a lot of some social media newsletters and media requests, and you know, we want to announce a new thing. Like, someone has to do that. Yeah. Um. And so that's they they are a very valuable resource. Um. And they're great, and they're friends and colleagues, and they're great people. Um. The you know, I don't know. I, I would say in a smaller market, it probably doesn't. It might it might not be as necessary, but you know, the stakes are getting higher. And in, in every, I mean, it's cheaper to open a restaurant in Charlotte, I'm sure, than it is in San Francisco. But yeah. there's still competition, and it's still there's still money involved. I mean, it's still a business, and you don't want to fail. So you got to figure out what's what's what you can afford, and um. You know, and try not to you know, overspend or, you know, try to be smart about how you how you spend that money. But, yeah, I, I mean, the PR thing has been and marketing has, has been huge. And I'd rather spend the money on, on actual people doing the work and being in contact with people than just throwing like a billboard up or throwing an ad in a newspaper. Um, I've actually done a little bit of Facebook ads have been actually been pretty good, very cheap, but they like they reach a lot of people. I don't know if anyone walks in, but same thing with traditional print media like print ads like how do you know if they walked in and bring a coupon in like you know how do you know so um we there's so many people are on their phones on social media reading the blogs reading all the food stuff there's you know if we we continue to keep pr team as focused on that 
um, and we'll we'll keep our name out there. That, that that's money well spent. Um, Scott, this has been so awesome, man. I, I could talk to you forever, but I want to respect your time. I've taken more than I actually think I had intended to. So, um, I, I really I hope I didn't take it. too much of your time. I I didn't want to extend go too far. I could talk all night all day too about the restaurant business, man. No, yeah. no, man. I mean, I know. I I really would. I love I love listening to you. You've had some great experience, and you've offered really some fantastic advice. Is there anything else that you? I don't know. Maybe anything I didn't ask you, or anything anything you want to part with. Um, no, I think we, we covered a lot, man. I think it was, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough business. And I think the, uh, you know, final thoughts, I guess, someone who think about entering, you know, or, or wanting to do or making that step, if you're a chef or a GM or whatever, and you want to go that next step, just make sure you, you do a lot of research and a lot of homework and figure out whether or not, you know, you're, you're ready and, and make sure you have enough money. Cause like, I don't care what city you're in or what, what, what business you're in. If you're undercapitalized, you're, you're done for. So, you know, it's being, being prepared and understanding, you know, the risks that are involved. Um, it can be, it can, it can be a very, <clears throat> a very, very great experience. It can be a very, very, uh, very, very bad situation too. So, you know, just be careful. Good stuff, man. Scott, thank you very, very much for the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, when is Loma opening? Um, hopefully the end of July. So we're about four weeks. I feel like I've been saying four weeks for the last four weeks, but <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we're waiting. The, the brewery uh, is is making, we have, uh, we're waiting on the brewery. We can't open a brewing company without, even though we have a, a huge food program and a kitchen, can't open a brewing company without our own beer. So the brewery is just continuing to get pushed back a day, you know, a week here, a day there. And we'll be making beer next week and then beer can't speed up the, the, the fermenting process, so um, about three or four weeks, and then we'll be ready. So, can't wait to hear about it, man. Good luck, and uh, right um, and I really appreciate it very much, and everybody listening will as well. So, thank you, Scott. For sure, will. Thanks so much for the uh, opportunity. All right, man. Have a good one. Okay, appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.